Hey everybody, welcome to the Cripes Cast. This is a podcast where we talk to people for and or from the Midwest. I am your host, Charlie Barons, and we are brought to you by Jolly Good Soda. Hey folks, welcome to the Cripes Cast. I'm, I'm talking with a bit of a lisp today. An injury, we got a boo-boo. I got a mouth boo-boo. I uh, had a uh, I got stitches in my mouth, which is a weird place to have stitches. Mm. Anyway, we'll get to that in a second, but I'm super uh, pumped today to talk to Dallas Goldtooth, who is, uh, I would I would say, my favorite character in uh, Reservation Dogs. Um, he plays uh, Spirit. And if you've seen, have you seen the show, Colleen? Uh, no, I was looking up some uh, clips. Oh, you though. haven't I seen gotta it? Watch it? Oh yeah. my gosh, you gotta see it! It's so great. What's it available on? Do you know? Uh, Hulu. Wanna, I think it's Hulu. Want to give me your password? I'll huh. watch it. I'll give you my password. No, just kidding. I got it. I'll watch it. That sounds fun. Yeah, I'll give you my password. You gotta trade me a password. Like, I got what HBO do you Max. Think this is? Well, I got HBO Max. I got my brother's HBO Max. <laughs> I got Disney Plus. Okay, I'll take a Disney Plus. <laughs> I'll trade you a Disney Plus for a Hulu. Okay, cool. Um, Consider it done. Yeah, uh, but also, uh, Dallas, so years ago, uh, I started watching these amazing uh, comedy videos on YouTube from the 1491s. Um, it's uh, an indigenous comedy group, and uh, man, I thought they were so funny. And um, I actually think I tried reaching out to them over via YouTube at one point, like years ago. And then, um, and then I don't, I, YouTube has such a weird messaging thing. I don't know if they ever saw it or, um, or not, but anyway, it was very cool to finally link up with Dallas. He co-founded the group and now uh, he is a writer on, um, reservation dog season two. He was in the first season and uh he's also an environmentalist and an activist and just a super cool dude to talk to um and i think we're going to do some video collabs we've already been sort of texting about those so that's what, honestly what i really like that about the cripes cast is there's a lot of cool collaborations that come out of it too mm -hmm. can you tell that i have some my mouth is all messed up a little bit are you asking me or the listeners uh yeah, that's all right. Well, anyway, so here's what happened. Uh, in this part of Wisconsin, <laughs> I'm going into my mouth injury before we get to the interview with Dallas. In this yeah. part of Wisconsin, there is a um, hereditary gene uh, for bad gums or for thin gums or something like that. Okay. So I, uh, which I have. And I remember when I was a kid, I, I distinctly remember my dad. We were in the bathroom brushing our teeth and my dad was like, hold your toothbrush as light as a pencil or something like that. Because otherwise you'll screw up your gums. I remember him saying that. I also remember it being a weird thing to tell a kid and I pretty much ignored it, you know? <laughs> and then a few years after that, I uh, my gum was a little lower because I was probably brushing too hard for years. And then I bit into an apple and it pushed the gum down and then it mm. got inflamed. And then long story short, I needed I'm a graft. I'm honestly getting queasy just thinking about it. Really? Yeah. Well, I had it done. So <laughs> how do you think I feel? <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, that's why Charlie sounds goofy. Long story short, I am on the mend, as they say. Did they tell you if you should like rest and stop talking? <laughs> I do think they said that. But, you know, I have been resting. I've been getting better sleep. I got a whoop. I got a whoop. A little uh, sleep monitor, heart monitor thing. Okay. Because uh, 
you know, I'm trying to be healthier this year. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, you know, get more sleep because it all starts with sleep. It does. And my sleep's all messed up because I stay up late writing, mm-hmm. you know, and then I wake up early and to work and not sustainable. No. No. So sleep, what else are you doing to make your health a priority? Don't judge. I see what you're saying. I see what you're doing right now, Colleen. Literally, what am I doing? Uh, you're you're waiting to give me advice. You're waiting to woman explain how I should be healthier, aren't you? <laughs> Aren't you? <laughs> yeah, you I are. I was caught. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. I just was curious. Uh, you know, drinking more water, uh, eating better, all that sort of stuff. Really the basics. The Good. stuff you learn on Sesame Street, you know? <laughs> yeah, health class, like third grade or <laughs> yeah. whatever. I don't even know if that's when you start. Just ignored it for so long. Yeah. But anyway, no, I'm feeling good. I'm good. feeling good. Feeling so. rested. How are you feeling? Good. I, um, I had a basketball game on Wednesday night. I haven't had good sleep this week because I've just been out until at least 10 every night and it's just frust like whoa that's honestly late 10 to me. o'clock i usually am like winding down at that point ah uh, yeah I'm you an- do have to wind down that's a big part of the sleep is get yeah. the wind down in i yeah. never incorporate the wind down yeah what, so were you playing ball yeah oh you're in a basketball league yeah we just started on wednesday we kicked ass who's we um i it's my kickball team and then we wanted to do something winter related. Uh-huh. So I got, there's like seven of us. I'm on the roster. I'm not a sub. I'm on the roster. Oh, shit. Because I went to high school. I, I was a captain in high school. I mean, not to flex, but here it is. <laughs> That's go good. To state. I mean, we were super good in high school. And so obviously I'm reliving my glory days. Yada, yep. yada, yada. Yep. Someone's mm. knee went into my old surgery knee. Oh, no. So I do have a bruise and I did have to ice up. I felt so old having to ice after basketball. Well, no, I mean, that's all the pros do it. Yeah. And it makes a quicker recovery. I'm essentially the shack of Kripesink. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did a really good job, though. We kicked some butt and uh, we're the red team for Milwaukee Rex. So if you want to come out and support. That's awesome. Good for I want to see the Red Robins. Um, it's in Bayview. Okay. Is it just a basketball court? Yeah. No, it's at a, um, it's an academy. It's an academy, like St. Oh, okay. One of those Catholic schools or whatever. Yeah. And so then I showed up first day and I don't have basketball shoes, which I really need to get them because my, I have weak ankles and, um, yeah, we, we did really well, but the court was so slick. So we got to get one of those pads that do you, you didn't play basketball. Did yeah, you? no, I know the pads you wipe your shoes off. Yeah. On. It so was you're rough. Not doing it on your hands all the time. Yeah. I like the entire time and I was using my running shoes, which is just so not, I shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But yeah, we did good. I, I did make a three, even though I was on the line. Nice. So Congrats. yeah, it was fun though. Wow. It was really good, but that was like, I've been out late every night so i'm tired yeah well you know you gotta get more sleep i hate to tell you if you really care about your health geez i'll prioritize it using my own words back at me <sighs> you know what i think i was talking to my buddy last night because we were like we we're like you know what i want to do like it's winter out it's super cold i don't necessarily want to go to a bar mm-hmm. you know but i want to go like play catch you know and i was like what why isn't there like just a big like call it like a dome or something yeah that'd be cool and it's just like astroturf and you call it like indoor recess you know and it's just (laughs) like it's a big field and like there's no booking times you just it's like recess like first come first serve you go there you're like hey you you guys want to play capture the flag you know you'd play capture the flag as a 35 do freaking whatever doesn't have to be that it could be basketball there's basketball courts there 
you know, could be catch, just playing catch with a ball yeah. and, and a glove. And you just go there. And of course, there's a bar, you know. <laughs> there is a brewery that's called Broken Bat Brewery. Or, oh, or yeah. Water, I, yeah. I think I've been there. And they have games and, and stuff, And they have... Right? Um, well, you would like this actually. Yeah. So first, Broken Bat is um, a batting cage with drinks, and it's a brewery. I'm oh, that's sure. cool. And then across the street is North South, which has indoor shuffleboard, axe throwing, and bags inside, so, and it's a bar. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. That's more bar first, rec center second. Yeah. What I'm proposing you want rec would be more rec center, but like rec center sounds lame. But I just, I literally want to, I mean, like for people who like don't necessarily want to go, um, like who want to like, don't want to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a place you go work out with your buddy, mm -hmm. but it's like fun. But it's games. And it's, it's not like games. lifting. Yeah. We need like a community center. Yeah. But that sounds so boring. I know. That sounds a uh, community center. I think of like some connected to a church and I'm like, God, no, we, dang had, it. we had such good community centers growing up that like, we're just sport, like so many gyms, open gym all the time. Yeah. That's like, what that's, I'm talking about. But you want a bar connected. I mean, if you can get a beer, you know, I don't think I'm <laughs> the only one, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I do like drinking would be second, but like, it'd be more of like a fun way or like, let's say you have a buddy who doesn't drink and then you don't want to like, and he's part of your friend group, you don't want to go to the bar with him all the time. Mm. I kind of like rock climbing. Like I've, really? I've only done it like a couple times, but it's kind of that vibe is what I'm thinking where you just walk into um, a place and you hang out and there's rock walls there. Don't you need to make a reservation for those? For what? Rock, rock climbing? climbing? No, right? no, I don't think so. There's stuff like open climb, like any place that yeah, has stuff. Yeah, open climb. That's what I'm saying. Open gym, like just go throw the ball around. Yeah. Like I'd like to go or just go play basketball. But every time you go play basketball, the courts are always like uh, reserved so or So here's whatever. what you have to do. My brother has a basketball league and uh, they do it Wednesday nights. And it's the old church that we went to growing right, up. Right, you find that and you rent and out And you rent it gym. out. And then yeah. you just get a group of like 20 guys. I get it. I totally get it. All of what you're describing, though, takes forethought. And have one of your friends do it. No, but I want a place where it, you can, don't be, have to it can be last minute. Hey, you want to go like to indoor recess? We'll go like <laughs> this play is a catch. business idea. I know. That's what I'm saying. Indoor recess. That's indoor I recess. love that. That's funny. Yeah, we'll go play catch. Do you have, have an area for like where people because in indoor recess growing up, I always was coloring. Yeah, I, well, like, we should know. We should like have a, a place area. like someone to play um, <laughs> sheep's head or, or, or you know, cribbage That'd or spades or whatever, I you know. <laughs> You're going to hate this. When I did indoor recess, my friends and I would play school. Yeah, so. it, it sounds actually about right, <laughs> honestly. Were you the teacher? I was always the troublemaker kid that would be like, fake name, Miss Apple, you suck. And then my friend Aaron would be like, Colleen, why are you saying that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I wasn't the teacher. Oh, no. Okay, no. I got you all wrong. Yeah. But anywho, that would be super fun if there was like... That's what I'm saying. Card. I would love to just go play cribbage or euchre. I wish there was a euchre wreck. Well, that you can find. You go to any VFW, you go to any uh, bar, you're going to find that. You know, I'm essentially... You play euchre at the bar. I'm essentially becoming Wisconsinite because my friends text me like, hey, we're at this brewery, come play euchre. And I was excited to go. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've That's, been ingratiated. I, welcome. I'm finally a Wisconsinite. Are you good at euchre? Yeah, I'm decent. Yeah. Uh, I'm okay. I started in 2020. Yeah. Mary taught me how. 
So yeah, I'm better at sheep sub myself, but yeah. And then I learned cribbage on this vacation. So I feel like I could, I you can I, hold your own. Yeah. I just want to learn all the games that are eventually going to be the things that I do in my retirement years. Yeah. That's um, good. But to get back to, Oh yeah. Let's get back to us. it. Jeez. That was a, that was a tangent. Yeah, isn't it was. It? Um, the cool thing about Dallas, he was so excited about the show. Like he's, I think he was referencing the Cripes cast and not to make it about me, but he's like, I was expecting to meet Colleen. I felt like mm-hmm. big deal. Mm-hmm. It was you fun. are a big deal. Colleen. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas is, um, he's awesome. Yeah. He's so great. And lots for of him funny to, stories. Cause he's so funny. He's my, mm-hmm. he, I mean, and then to, for him to say that stuff, I mean, it's just a, just a great dude. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, we also talked about collabing on almost a, a grumpy old men, uh, sort of reboot type mm-hmm. thing, which could be very cool. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, we're trying to link up right now on that sort of stuff, but anyway, I'm, I'm, pumped um so should we should we dive into it should we do it yeah let's do it so anyway here is my interview with dallas goldtooth oh hello sir how are you how did you oh i'm doing good i'm doing real good how about you good you know what's crazy is i always say that i don't expect a response for some reason in my mind because i didn't realize it's a question of how do you do it's just ah, uh, you were kind it of is. saying it's like a howdy, yeah, How, yeah. And and howdy is just short for howdy. How do you do? Yeah, right. I, yeah, yeah. It's just a weird thing. I don't. I, it always throws me off when someone responds, and I was like, responds, and I'm like, oh, it's a que- I was asking a question. So, <laughs> thank you for responding. I'm doing yeah. Well. <laughs> oh, that's like, a, this is like a basic English one on one. I know. Thank you. I, well, fantastic. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Chicago. That's where I live. Are you? Yep. You live in Chicago. Dude, I live in Milwaukee. Yeah, you're right up the way. Just right up the coast. We're actually, we're way up north now. No, not way up north. We're in Stevens Point. Um, okay. uh, so you ever been to Stevens Point? I've, I've never been to Stevens Point. Actually, wait, wait. Is there a college there? Yeah. No. Yeah, UW. UW Stevens Point, the Pointers. I did did a, uh, I don't know if I did a comedy show there. I believe I did a show there. And then I also emceed a powwow, their student powwow. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah. So that was like years back. I think maybe 15, 13 years ago or something. How do you get that gig? Then the native student group invited invited me up. Um, So they, uh, I did, I did a uh, YouTube comedy bit series um playing a character as a power mc people thought that okay. I was like, hey, he'd actually be good as a power mc so they asked me to yeah i don't think i did too well it was like my first actual job as a power mc you know when you're making fun of something and then somebody asks you to do what you're making fun of it's hard yeah. to make transition it's kind of the, the self-parody of it is uh is a little difficult of a of a thing there yeah yeah um have you um it was was that your only uh powwow emceeing gig uh did you get no i've I've done like maybe four or five actual gigs uh the funny one is uh i did my one of my first ones it was like that like my second time was my for my own community i'm so i'm from minnesota okay um, I'm from where Texas, minnesota uh southwest minnesota a little res called lower sioux indian community it's up the river from Mankato, down oh, sure. 
straight south of Wilmer, Minnesota. And, uh, you know, uh, corn and sugar beet country. That's where I'm from. And the, I got asked to do the powwow, the MC job for my own community powwow. And Uh I was a co-MC. There's an older guy with me. Um, and I, I bombed. It was, it was, it was (laughs) how bad I did. They, it's my own community and they didn't even ask me back. Like they were really, yeah. No one came to shake my hand after, you know, that's really that's a big sign is that... when someone doesn't like, it's my own Girl. community too. I expect that cold shoulder, but like no one talked about it. Like it never happened. It like never existed. God, um, that's, that's terrible. It's it's I... quite funny to me. It's just hilarious. Cause I, I don't know. I, I have a history. We did a, uh, so I'm with a sketch comedy. I have a, a sketch comedy. 1491s. Yeah. 1491s. One of our worst shows was in my own home community like my home show was was just it was a it was we we crashed and burned and really you know yeah no one showed up that's the thing nobody showed oh up. well you need that especially now i and i kind of want to go into that so the 1491s i i i think i found your youtube maybe a couple years ago um and uh how did you, how did you start that? Did you start that as sort of a live sketch troupe and then go to the YouTube thing? Or I, I, all right, first of all, I gotta say I'm like super excited to be on here. Like, oh, dude, I'm nerding. Thank been you, nerded out here. Really? Yeah. You yeah. you like you like that? You've seen my stuff? Oh yeah, dude. I've been seeing your stuff for 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 a while. For like a couple oh. of years, your content is on my p my feed. Uh, TikTok and uh, and Instagram are feeding me you, so you're being oh. fed to me. Wow, so how about you're, that? You're in my niche. This is very um very funny because I I've been a fan of yours for a while, so I'm glad that I'm glad that we uh, both have the same uh, feeling inside of us. Yeah, yeah, it's you know the, the, the algorithm gods understand our wants and needs. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. We well, that's unknowingly. I know that's that's the worst is uh, <laughs> is trying to serve this algorithm situation. But whatever, it is, it, it's working. Uh, I I suppose from my perspective, years if it keeps yeah, serving yeah. Me up. But it is. Um, I mean, it's, it's you and like home inspectors. and like malaysian women cooking at home that's that's Uh, you're in that group so i'm honored yeah i'm honored oh thanks so did you guys did you guys start though as um doing the youtube thing or how did you how did you get together i don't know your story there so um yeah 1491s is a crew of five of us uh sketch comedy group we do improv sketch comedy we haven't done it in a while um but Mm -hmm. We started um, maybe 15 years ago. And it really way it started is with me and my brother, my brother Megazi. Uh, he's from Bemidji. He's he's Anishinaabe Ojibwe from, from northern Minnesota. And um, we were just messing around. Oh, I, all right. I have to ask a question. Can can I curse on here? Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I think I'm going to once I ask you if you're a Vikings fan or not, you know. So well, uh, that's fair. I just... <laughs> My second follow up, well, actually, my first question was, is this is this a Christian podcast? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, God's going to be pissed if it is. That's for sure. <laughs> no, I um. so we uh, 
me and my brother have always been wanting to make movies. We've always been fascinated with movie making. My brother, it's especially, he's my older brother. He's my my uh, my stepbrother. And he always wants wanted to make movies. And he moved out to L.A., tried to do the whole bit, like moved to L.A. when he was like 19, got some internship program and grinded for like three, four years and nothing. It was just like, just, you know, he got some opportunities, but nothing came up. And so he moved home and it was one of those moments where he's like, Hey, I got to go home. Like, this is not working out. Can't pay the bills. And he moved back up, back, um, back home. And I went to go visit him. And I happened to have a camera that I stole from work. So this is like a little, I'm telling on myself. I had, I used to, I did a youth work program. I was youth services and we had a camera for like work and I took it with me and I went to visit my brother and I was like hey man let's let's just do a video like like you want to do a video and he was all you know kind of sad morose guy in the basement up in Bemidji and I was like dude let's do a video and we did a comedy video that we just came up on the spot it was a spoof of uh silence of the lambs in the scene where like the guys like puts the lotion on the skin thing and we didn't have a purpose we just wanted to do a funny video for ourselves Showed our family, had some laughs. We posted online and people started liking it on like, you know, Facebook. It was, I think back in MySpace days. So like it started going amongst the native community, started going a little viral. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. We did like two, a couple more videos together. And um, the guys, two, two of our friends from Oklahoma, they were also separately doing their own video stuff. Um, one of my buddies, Sterling Harjo, he was actually, he just uh, did uh, two feature films. And so he was touring, he was going on a tour to talk about his films. And he come, he, they were going to do a showing in Minneapolis. And this is back in, I'd say 2010. And so him and my other buddy, uh, Ryan, they came up from Oklahoma. Me and Migazi were in Bemidji. And we're like, hey, we like, we knew all we knew of each other. We're like, hey, let's meet up. And so we met in Minneapolis. Um, our fifth friend, Bobby, who I used to work with, uh, I hit up Bobby. I was like, hey, man, y'all want to hang out? And then we said, hey, let's make a video together. And so we, on the fly, decided to make a video together. Bobby found a spot for us, and we filmed a spoof of the um, Twilight series. The first movie had come out, the Twilight, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vampires, the vampire series. We did a spoof about a casting call for the wolves who are native, right? What yeah. was the casting call for for a bunch of topless, shirtless natives look like when the natives aren't all buff? And we filmed it and people loved it. And we just were like, dude, we enjoy making shit together. We enjoy like fucking being around together and coming up with ideas. And we just kept doing it. We just kept putting out videos. And soon we're like, dude, let's form a group. Let's create a name. Let's do we came up with the name 1491s and it's an homage to Prince party. Like yeah. it's 1999. That's party. Like it's 1491. Most <laughs> folks don't get that, 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 that homage to, to Prince, but um, Minnesota, we, it makes you know, sense. though. It makes yeah, sense. yeah. So like we just traveled, we traveled, man. We traveled for like, you know, 15, 16 years. It's just like, you know, it was our side job where we would do sketch comedy shows we people saw our videos and they would ask us out a lot of student groups a lot of college gigs um and mostly all native so we'd like when we went forever from alaska to florida like traveled extensively and um 
people ask, well, where's the 1491s now? What are you guys doing? Where are you? Why don't you make videos? And funny enough, and pretty cool, pretty uh, interesting is that we're, we, I'm now cast in the show. I'm a writer for this TV show called Reservation Dogs on that. Yeah, which is phenomenal. Uh, oh, it's thanks. an amazing show. And uh, we're all behind that. The showrunner is Sterling Harjo, the guy that was from Oklahoma that was doing the doing it, um, uh, doing his feature films. Um, my buddy Ryan Redcorn, who was with him, he's one of the writers as well. Uh, Miga Z, my stepbrother, was one of the writers from season one and is one of the executive producers. Bobby Wilson, our fifth member, is also executive producer. So 1491s are all behind the reservation dogs, along with some other amazing native writers and producers. So um we kind of uh we we uh we grew up in many ways like you know like we're like hey we we hit the road and now we're doing this and we, we've been talking about doing some more getting back to our sketch now and and maybe uh trying to develop something but uh we've integrated a lot of our sketches there's a there's a, a good amount of our our comedy our sketch work is in the show and i bit. yeah i i i kind of um see that and and it's it's so fun to see you know um sort of that transition from digital to like the, the big time, um, you know, doing, doing TV kind of the way you have. And that was kind of going to be my next question. Do you miss anything from, from like sort of the sketch days? Is, is there a creative uh, freedom that you had there that maybe you don't now that you have other um, network voices and all that kind of guiding some things, or do you pretty much have creative freedom on that show? Um. Pretty much creative freedom. Like Sterling Harjo has been able to hold the line. I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest thing was uh, filming in Oklahoma. That was a hard line. He's like, "We're I'm not filming in California. We're not filming anywhere else. We're filming it where the story takes place in Oklahoma. Okay, I love that. It's entirely shot in Oklahoma. It's like entirely, for the most part, it's an entire Oklahoma film crew. So it's all local folks getting money and getting paid to be on that. So I... Um, I just ha- I want to keep going down whatever that, that my other question, but on this on this note here, I just want to address of you filming in Oklahoma because does Oklahoma have tax credits to film there? Or it, did, not I for as I understand it, they're not great tax credits, but I think they developed them for, or they it wasn't because of reservation dogs. It was actually they developed it because of um, uh, British bridges bridges over something like uh, Osage County. Some one of those. Oh movies. yeah. So they yeah. do have tax credits. So they do. Okay. okay. Um, I don't think it's as good as like Georgia or like New Mexico, but it's there now. And yeah, yeah. Reservation Dogs is has very much helped push the local like business, like people actually taking it serious and investing in the industry now. Oh, so nice. I nice. I think like one of um, uh, Taylor Sheridan's show, like one of the Yellowstone offshoots, Tulsa King, which is Sylvester Stallone, that's being that was filmed in Oklahoma now, and there's another project and um, Scorsese's latest film that's going to be coming out uh, is going to be was filmed in Oklahoma called uh, what was that called? Shoot, it's about the Osage murders uh, back in the early 1900s. Um, there was a whole series oh. of murders, but I forgot the name. Yeah, I I also I I um can kind of see it, but anyways, Scorsese. Yeah, it's not going to come. Yeah, okay. Big, big big films. So, I I mean, that's cool because, um, and and do the people uh, in Oklahoma from, you know, your perspective working there, do they they like it or is it like a nuisance? uh, Oh, they they like it. I mean, it's one of those weird things that you can be, 
I've encountered is like you can be in the most backcountry area and also like people associate the media and some, a lot of rural areas is like, oh, that's the media. That's the left media over there. But if you have cameras in your neighborhood, you're excited. Like people yeah. are movies. It doesn't matter where you're at. Everyone's like, oh, we're in the movies. And they'll drive by. You'll see trucks, you know, pick up trucks. The farmers come by and check it out and like, they scope yeah. it out and wave to them. I was a, uh, I was, I like to, I like to fuck around when I'm on set and I, um, I roam. Like I don't like getting, I don't like sitting in my trailer. I don't like sitting still in a seat where you say, okay, cast, you sit over here. Like I will roam and then they'll have to find me. Um, <laughs> and so I was in character. My character, folks don't know, is I play a Native American who died back in the 1800s at the Battle of um, was a Little Bighorn. And so like I'm dressed up as your stereotypical Indian on horseback with long hair. And so I would go in between takes. I'd go to the main street of the town we were filming and um, put my thumb out to hitchhike and, <laughs> and wave to people. I was direct. I went into the intersection. I was directing traffic <laughs> and like, there was a cop there and he was cool with it. Like the cop was like right there. I literally stopped traffic to, to <laughs> direct it. And the cop was just laughing there to watch it. So we have a blast. That's great. Um, that, and it, Tell me about um, why was it important to do um, spirits or the way that uh, you chose to do that kind of taking on the, the um, trope and then almost uh, transforming it um, in a way like cliche yeah. reform sort of. Yeah. I mean, it's that character uh, is, uh, you know, I never, I don't have a straight copy of that character in our sketch improv shows that we used to do oh actually to answer one of your older a question you asked earlier is i do miss oh yeah i didn't I get miss to that. live performance like i love the chaotic energy of being in front of a crowd yeah and, um the way we did our show is that we there were uh, sketches but we have we left them room for um adaptation and improv so we would mm. have these um general outlines and then based on the crowd and feedback from the crowd, we'd go, we'd improv it. And so if the crowd, if we weren't vibing the crowd, we had our straight sketch. We'd just stick yep. to it. And then if it, if we were able, if there was an open window, we'd take it and start improv and open it up. Um, and I just, I love, I love how nervous I got before going on stage. Like I'm one of those people, it doesn't matter. I'm done. I've done it for so many years. I get so freaking nervous, but once you get on stage and the mic's the mic's hot, like yeah. it's out the window. I'm like, all right, this this train's running. Let's just go for it. Um, I I kind of miss that. Yeah, you get you get a bit of a high doing that. That um, do do you? So you um, just to get back to this because I I know we passed over. You said that you are now thinking of getting back into doing more sort of the 1491 sketch stuff on on YouTube. Um, is that what you were saying uh, we, we were talking about doing it um live or actually trying to pitch a show like you know we're now in the tv world right it's like yeah 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 is the world ready for a sketch show we don't know like you know what i mean like that's kind of it took kind of took a, a bit of a dip there sketch shows kind of uh they were hot the for you yeah. know key and peel and, and Chappelle and um and you know amy schumer right or who was it yeah, someone schumer. else schumer, schumer yeah and and then they kind of went away for a bit I, I got a little bit of the ADD, so this be prepared because I just me too. You know, it's the way it goes. Because I saw your name, you were doing a performance over the summer up in Bemidji. 
Yeah, I was. Actually, I did it uh, not over the summer. No, I when did it, it. I did it in um, uh, December or late oh. November, and it was it was dude. It was cold there, but what a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Right. Holy smokes, man. Right. Uh, I, okay, so I went walking. Uh, I just got to say this real quick because I also have ADD. But I went walking at the uh, Bemidji, uh, the Bemidji Lake State Park. Does yep. that sound right? Yep. So I'm walking. I, I love watching birds, too. So I see so many bald eagles. So many, um, I think golden eagles, or it was a female bald eagle. I, I didn't have my glasses on, which was unfortunate. But um, as I'm walking back, there's a, a still warm perch in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the path. So <laughs> it, you know that one of those eagles got that perch. How pissed would you be if you're an eagle? I, first of all, it can't be easy to catch a perch like that. They're not yeah. always going up toward the top. You got to wait yeah. for them. So comes down, gets that perch, full perch, just in the middle of the deal. Probably doesn't know where it is. Kind of buried with a powder of snow after it yeah. dropped. Still warm. How yeah. crazy is that? It, I just and then all I hear is the voice has the eagle has the voice of an old an old guy, like an old farmer guy. Like yeah. God damn, I can't find my keys. <laughs> Where'd they put up? Where'd they put that perch? Yeah. I almost just took that perch back with me and flayed it. Honestly, I oh, should have yeah, done it, but I, I figured the eagle would come back for it. And I didn't want to, you know, I maybe it was sitting there watching. <laughs> I kind of felt bad for it. Cause, uh, anyways. Yeah. But Bemidji's yeah. so cool, dude. I saw, so cool. I mean, yeah, that's right. I think I saw your name, the marquee tickets for sale. It was like, they were already trying to sell the tickets sometime early. So yeah. I was like, Hey, that would be it would be nice to see, but I was just visiting my 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 family up that way. It's I I'm I'm not I mean we I would love to do like a uh, maybe a collab thing at one of our shows or something. You know, uh, if yeah. you guys start touring again or something, that would be a lot of fun. You That'd know, or awesome. have you guys do a set or whatever? You know, um, I, I'd love that. Yeah, we we should work that out in the I, fall. I'm touring again. I know you're a busy I, fellow, though. I was trying, like, so I I've always wanted to do just straight stand up, and I've I've done it a couple of times, but like you know, it was like I got stuck, like I felt stuck into like the sketch. We're doing sketch work and wanted to venture into stand up. So I haven't done much stand up myself, and mm -hmm. I actually was working on a whole set, like a you know a five minute set to really feel good with. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to do it. Like, I got this. I, I know some open mics. I'm going to go check it out here in Chicago. Like, let's check it out. And then the pandemic hit, and I had the perfect excuse. I'm like, oh, I don't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to go anywhere. And uh, But I'm at that place now where I do – I just I, I want to build up that craft a bit, a bit more yeah. and, on a personal level. And um, – develop that so that's one of my my aspirations over the next year or two is actually start getting into doing more stand-up oh um, no kidding and just getting in in the writing part because of the show because of the sketch work like i've really been developing the writing part it's just like the actual doing going out there and doing it is is uh is a is a, a dream of mine i want to do well um you know i'm in the, over the next um nine months or so kind of preparing for the next tour. I'm going to be doing these sort of pop-up shows mm -hmm. um, like Charlie Barron's and friends shows where like, you know, I'll do like maybe 20 minutes just trying all new stuff. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's probably going to go uh, not great uh, for me, oh, yeah. you know, but it'll be fun. But I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, like Zanies uh, in Chicago on like uh, what if they have an off night or something, yeah. um, you know, jump uh, jumping in there or there's a couple clubs in Milwaukee. So I'll hit you up if you want to come test out that hot five, you know, I, I- I'm game for that. It scares that scares the crap out of me. Hell yeah, I'll be game for it. I gotta tell you that the interview you did with Jeff Foxworthy, yeah, was the single best podcast interview I've ever heard with a comedian talking about the craft of comedy. Oh like, my gosh! Wow, like dude, that shit. Like I've listened to a bunch of different comedy podcasts and people talk about it, everything, but his it, it was just really great and enlightening to hear your conversation and and where it went and you know he seems like a really easygoing guy i was good waiting i was on the verge of just i was expecting him to say that he also collects indian skulls but like hey i i was like that was <laughs> in my mind but then he clarified he doesn't collect skulls so i was like whoo all right cool we're in the good just the arrowheads that's great yeah but, yeah but oh, seriously I, that was a really great podcast and good job thank you thank you I, i'm i that means a, a re- really a lot coming from you i appreciate that yeah jeff is um you know in his story um what actually i'll ask you what did you like about sort of what he was saying uh about comedy um was it kind of like just how he got up there and started or um kind of the writing process or i think it was the writing process that was really enlightening for me like just the when you're you're both your conversations about the writing process and um in the business side of it right the characters right he was him talking about like he's known for the character, but he also has other pieces outside of that character. And mm-hmm. like, how do you balance that? Because that's what draws the people in. People know you for that. And then you're able to do all this other stuff. It's really, really, really um, pretty great, you know? Because I was, I, even for myself, I think about that as a native, you know, I'm Dakota and Dene, and I am also a little bit of Ho-Chunk. And I feel like in many ways it would be easy and it has been easy at times to come up with comedy that speaks to that, like that experience. But then also I wanted really to put that, I wanted to take the chance and risk to expand beyond that and not, you know, I think the goal is, I think all of us, we don't want to, especially for, I don't want to, this is, I actually, I don't want to be too generalized, but mm-hmm. in my experience, a lot of people of color and, and creatives, it's like, we don't want to be known as, the black director or as the native director we just want to be yep. known as the director or a great freaking writer or a great comedian and yeah. but we also have to play with the algorithm of society that is right yeah. and mm-hmm. when you um i think it was really uh i, I i'm a i don't know the specific reference but cat williams you know the, the stand-up yep. comedian had a, like there was i remember him once talking about how like he's He's got a really, he's done really, he's killed and strong. He has a really strong black base, but his goal is to get to the broader base. Like he wants to get to as many people as possible. And that's really a big goal for him. Um, I think there's a part, there's a balancing act for me where I want to continue to, my work to continue to speak to my community. But at the same time, I do like the broader appeal. And that's a question I was going to ask to you. Mm-hmm. Like, your journey, because you're still you're based in the Midwest, right? And then your content speaks from the communities from of the Midwest. And there's a balancing act, right? How do you go broad but maintain your focus and your passion? And so, like, do you feel challenged with that? Like, how do you balance all of that? Where yeah. You- yeah. No, I I it's something that's very much so um always on my mind. 
because, you know, you built this audience. Um, we built our niche based on, based on the audience that is of that niche. And so it's almost like you do two for them, one for you, you know, mm -hmm. and then, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of will like, we did some of the bigger sketches, uh, don't have anything to do with the Midwest. Like, um, questions at the gas pump is, is a sketch that we did that has uh, a fair number of views. And that's not really it, Midwest, but it's, it's Midwest, um, it's it's got it's painted or it's got that veneer of the Midwest, but it doesn't say Midwest in the title. Midwest mm -hmm. isn't mentioned in the thing. So it's these um yeah, sort of these universal things. Or like we did airlines, you know, like um yeah. uh if airlines were people was kind of another one that sort of took off that wasn't really Midwest based. So it's almost like I think you always do um you you don't abandon the the your your niche or your your central fan base, but I think you always push yourself um, to do these outside of the box ones or things that you just think are funny um, because they're funny. And then, uh, and then it keeps, it, it almost makes the ones you do uh, about your niche, it makes those pop more because yeah. it's all about, I think, surprising the audience. And if you keep doing the, the same thing, well, then it's less of a surprise. But if you can bring in these outside ones, it helps your niche videos take off more. Because now yeah. they're more surprising, and then these ones, if they're done well, they also take off more. So, but it is definitely a, a balancing act, and you know, you'll also get like, uh, you know, the, a bunch of negative comments every now and again, saying like, "You only do one thing. You only do one thing," and it's yeah, like, yeah, well, yeah. I don't. I do a bunch of other stuff, <laughs> but you just haven't seen it. I'm known for this, so yeah. you know. Um, but I think I. I, I've always pushed against like you're pigeonholing yourself by doing mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z because it's just another creative game and a fun creative game to get out of the the, the pigeonhole or whatever yeah. it is. You know, I mean, yeah. I think you know. It, 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 are you? I mean, it's so funny hearing you bring this up because I'm looking at you like you know you made it. You know, I mean, you are a, a friggin' rock star, dude. I mean, you got a a, a killer show. I, uh, you know, I, oh, a killer. I got group recognized. Well. I got recognized at Chinatown yesterday in China wow. in, in Chicago. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> there you go. Of, I was coming out of a, a place with my family, and I was like, I had a stroller. I was dealing with the blanket because with our with our kid, and I looked up, and this guy looking at he's looking at me. He's with his wife and his kid, and. uh he looks at me, he does, a, you know, the double take, the just double take. And he looks at me, he's like, hey, and he asks, are you Dallas? Which is a weird question to ask because it's almost like, do I know you kind of vibe? Because he's like, hey, are you Dallas? Like, as if somebody just told him to go look for Dallas down the road, right? right? And yeah. Dallas, is there. <laughs> Dallas is coming out of this building. Go say hi to him. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I am. And he's like, oh, cool. Like, I... uh really respect and appreciate what you do uh for on reservation docs and i was like that's amazing wow and i was like thank you thank you and he was like yeah and he just walked on to the into the the place and uh, i was like holy crap like that was random like that was pretty that was pretty awesome like it was pretty cool you know a really cool experience so uh that's anyways, cool. yeah yeah i have gotten to a place where there are my niche aren't the only folks that recognize me. It's other people yeah. that will will will, will uh, recognize me. Um, so I do recognize that. And you know, for my character, 
like speaking to what we're talking about here, like my character spirit is your stereotypical Indian on a horseback, but is it's almost it's a it's a spoof on that, right? Like we want to turn it upside down. And when Sterling Harjo, the the showrunner, he told me about the show. He called me up and said, "Hey, um, I got a role. I, I have a couple of roles I would like you to audition for." And so I actually auditioned for not only Spirit but also for the cop. I actually kind of wanted the cop, but I knew because I knew I could kill the spirit. I knew I could do it, but I was like, I want to challenge myself and try to go for the cop. But I got the spirit, which is great. It's fine. Um, and you know, st- the the script was pretty light because Sterling knew me, and when he the part the lines he wrote were pretty like generic line. Like there were just like, yeah, he was at the battle of Little Bighorn. He died. Horse rolled over him. He never actually got to the battle. Um, and now he's a spirit helper. And when we went to go film the pilot, like it was really, is really nerve wracking because there's a whole big crew there, hundreds of people and Sterling's there and he's nervous. I could tell he's nervous as hell too, because this is the first show he's ever done. Um, and he's directing it. And, but once we got the cameras rolling and we just started, like I did the lines, I did what was on paper. And then we just started riffing. You know, started just improving the bits out of it, and he would feed me lines, and I would go back and forth, and we just like everything disappeared because we were just in the moment having fun. And so, what you end up seeing on camera was about maybe seventy percent improv. And oh man, he filmed that pilot, like that first scene, the first scene in the first episode, and we had to take a break because I had to move the cameras, and I'm just sitting there by myself out in a little field. And Sterling comes up and he's like, man, can you fucking believe this? Like, can And he's directing. Like, he's like, dude, I can't believe like the money that they're putting into. Like, I can't believe we're doing this. This is amazing. They should never have given us cameras. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> and what he said sticks with me to this day is he was like, look, we just what we just filmed is going to be amazing on camera. But what we just did, dude, he's a like, dude, we've been doing that for years. Like we've been doing this, but no one's invested into us. No one's given us the money to do this. And now we got the resources and they're investing in this. Like, let's, let's fucking kill them. Let's just, just, let's do the best we can. And like, that was eye opening for me. Like, I'm like, yeah, we, the comedy you see in Reservation Dogs, the storytelling is what we have been doing. But there's been, from the mainstream industry, there's been no investment into Indigenous storytellers or filmmakers and directors and writers to the degree that we're now seeing. So it feels pretty darn good to be where oh. we're at and to build what we're building. You are, um, uh, you're also an activist and an organizer. And I feel like that that your comedy is is a different uh, form of of activism in a lot of ways of just like the the way you shape uh people's perceptions and you know as a white guy watching it you know you you almost you watch it and you're like i know what you're saying there you know because like i'd probably screwed up in uh in in some of the ways that you're pointing out here and there you know i i know i yeah Yeah. Um, hey i got a challenge for you charlie yeah how many tribes can you name that are in wisconsin Oh yeah, put me um, on the spot. Yeah, Ho Chunk, Oneida, Potawatomi, Stockbridge, Muncie. Um, 
Um, hang on. Okay. Okay. So, he's getting nervous. Okay. He's getting nervous. I am. I am. Black, black the flambeau up there. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, oh, okay. So then up by Bayfield, uh, I'm not going to Google. There's, there's. Oh, and yeah. And so that's all good. The ones up North. Which tribe are they all belong to? Like, they're different. Ojibwe. Ojibwe. Ojibwe, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Winner. Wait. Winner. Wait, <laughs> wait, well, okay, I'll just take the win. I'll take the W. No, no, um, I, I, it's great. I was I was actually, that was one of my questions coming into it. And I wasn't, like, trying to set you up or, like, say expecting not to know them. Actually, I, I was like, hey, he probably knows the things. But it's, it's always good to see anyone who's of a quote-unquote influence it's a weird title i know it's a weird title but like to also they also acknowledge or recognize the native folks who live within their where they live or where they're from um i mean because that's really what we're my character and the like spirit and a lot of my my like my comedy speaks to is the lack of information or misinformation right and to play on that because of mm-hmm. our school systems in many ways haven't done justice when it comes to indigenous history and the stories of of indigenous peoples, especially on the regional local level, right? National level, we all hear about the main moments and the big picture things, but on the regional local level, sometimes it's really lacking. And I think I, I, as a comedian, I find so much comedy in that, the fact that of what the misinformation that we have, and because it really it sets you up to really counter those expectations, right? What do you expect when you see an Indian on horseback on TV? You know, you expect a stoic warrior. And here in Reservation Dogs, you get a not stoic warrior who didn't even get to the battle. He like, he died before the actual <laughs> battle happened, right? And yeah. let's let's just enjoy and live in that moment. And um, all of our you know, whenever spirit comes up, I really like to speak to like, what is the counter narrative that we're trying to push here that in the comedy within that, right? You're expecting the stoic Indian wisdom, but yet you hear, you see a spirit on a porta potty eating an apple, right? That's one mm. of my, it's a, a scene that I have. <laughs> like that, that's what I'm speaking to. So like the question I speak, give to you is almost a part of that, the whole meta narrative of what do we not know about the places where we live? And like, and I got to say, like, I'm so, I know I'm talking a lot, but I just like well, appreciate you. your podcast and what you do, because it's really grounded in community. It's grounded in the region that people mm-hmm. care and love for. But even within that region, there's a lot of history that we don't know. And I think I love that. Appreciate you bringing on comedians and other like people who speak from that region, whether like whatever background they are to help like flush that out. Right. So as a nod, I'm, I'm, I'm tipping the hat to you, sir. Oh, well, sir, I, I very much so appreciate that. Um, and you know, I, I will be honest growing up to, um, you know, sort of in the suburbs of Milwaukee, sort of my education on the issue was, I don't want to say non-existent, but, um, not up to, snuff i think and it wasn't until like like i did this one video right the man's walk minute the first one i didn't expect it to take off and then it did and then i was doing more and then i think people kind of um you know were asking me the questions about wisconsin the midwest and i was a little bit uncomfortable with it um uh, to be honest with you because i represent one aspect of the midwest and that's sort of this one and then i i wrote this book the midwest survival guide and i was i got even more uncomfortable because in it, 
you know, the, the publisher wanted sort of like, they had these ideas of doing a timeline of the history of the Midwest. And then I was like, oh, shit. I mean, because like, <laughs> like Manitowoc is, is uh, that is a native word. Sheboygan yeah. is a native word. Uh, um, and Milwaukee, Potawatomi, you know? And, and so we've got to honor this in a way, and it can't just be lip service. It's got to be authentic. And then they had comedy. But I was, I, it was very hard for me to, to um, try and figure out where was appropriate for me to add yeah. comedy uh, to it. You know, so I had, um, uh, who was on my podcast as well, Josie Lee, she's uh, mm-hmm. Ho-Chunk and she's um, incredible. She's, uh, she helped guide me quite a bit uh, uh, on that. And, um, but in doing that book, I'll admit to you, uh, the early phone calls I had with her, I, my ignorance had shown. It very much so did. And, um, and you know, I don't have any excuse for that because I've had opportunities to, to, to figure it out. But, um, but I, I'm, I'm kind of learning as I go. I did a, an intertribal uh, powwow up at, the, at Stockbridge Muncie up in Bowler. Um, yeah, have you yeah. been up there at all? Yeah. They, they, yeah have, you t- have you done North Star with, with the person uh, anyone? S- I've only stayed, we stayed at North Star. Um, we did a, um, we were, we did, we stayed in Stockbridge, but we actually did a show in, in uh, Menominee. Over oh, in Menominee. yeah, sure. And sure. Uh, we did, yeah, yeah, we did a video there, um, on Menominee Res in their, in their forest. And it was, it was a, we, we did a spoof on, uh, um, what was it? Last of the Mohicans and the running scene and there's a violin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we did a whole bit on that, and uh, that's it's beautiful up there. And the, oh, and it's that. incredible! So, so so amazing. But yeah, yeah, that's I have we haven't. That's my experience there at Stockbridge, Muncie. Yeah. Um. Well, you know, and I I was just kind of. I think it's it's. I'm glad you kind of brought this up too, because I think you know, uh, white people. Uh, I'll speak, you know, for I guess myself and maybe people I I know that are also white and are not sure how to approach uh some of these things you know i think it's uh sometimes it's like you want to do the right thing but you haven't taken the time to figure out what the right thing is to do and so you kind of clam up you're like am i supposed to say native american or not native or indigenous or like how do i you know and then therefore and then what happens is you just kind of get nervous and these interactions that you could have where you could learn something you're just kind of nervous and you're just like not absorbing anything so i think kind of just breaking down like and understanding that um you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna be ignorant you didn't grow up that way it's not a hundred percent your fault but i think to just not do anything or to not figure out at all um, but more so i'm saying all this to lead up to a question for how you <laughs> feel on it you know <laughs> Because yeah. uh, who gives a shit how I feel on it, you know? Yeah, keep your white tears to yourself, Charlie. I know, I know. Jeez. <laughs> I, it, it, they're col- not even but, salty. But, but collect them because we use them in ceremony. So how do I, I feel like, you know, I grew up in Southwest Minnesota, right? And I also, well, I my stepdad was from South Dakota. So I actually went back and forth between eastern south dakota and southwest minnesota for most of my life spent the summers in minneapolis and Southside minneapolis which had a which still to this day has a pretty fairly prominent native community there's a lot of native folks who live in Southside minneapolis and um 
you know, I mean, we're used to it. Like used to that fact that folks around us don't know about much who we are, right? I grew up, my community in Southwest Minnesota, Lower Sioux Indian community, it's, just, it's a tiny res. It's like five miles by like eight mile, like five miles by eight mile, kind of like a little block. And we're, it's like a, uh, it's a dash of pepper on a sea of salt kind of vibe. We're in Minnesota, right? It's like uh, cornfields and white farmers everywhere around us. And, you know, we grew up, we grew up with the ignorance. I grew up with the, my friends, my, my, my non-native friends who'd be like, oh, I can't go to your home. I can't go to the res because my parents said it's not safe there, right? Where um, it's too dangerous out there, or we're not allowed to go anywhere where there's other natives around. And that's what we grew up with, right? And we had to just deal with it. And I guess even to this day, my my sister has kids. She's grown, she's raising back there where there's still that stigma. And yeah. so, you know, I, I've seen a lot of growth over the past, you know, 20 years, a lot of edu- public education. Uh, a major moment for, in Minnesota at least, was a history around the you know, U.S. Dakota War of 1862. It was, mm-hmm. a, it was a major education system, a, a, a an endeavor that the state took upon to really educate folks on the history of of Dakota and and white relations in the state and that war that happened. Um, for folks that don't know, this is like here I'm putting my teacher at, uh, organizer hat on. For mm-hmm. folks that don't know, we had there was a pretty we just finished the, there was an event that just happened a couple of days ago that happens every year on an annual basis, and so uh, on December 26, 1862, in Mankato, Minnesota. It was the um, the largest mass hanging in U.S. history to this day. The largest mass hanging in U.S. history happened in Mankato, Minnesota, where they hung 38 Dakota men at the same time. They built this massive scaffold. Thousands of people came out to celebrate and had cannon salute and all that stuff. And they were all warriors of, our, of my people um, who fought in the War of 1862. And to this day, on an annual basis, every Christmas night, we do a memorial run um, in memory of them from Fort Snelling, which is in St. Paul, uh, Minnesota, right? And the, the confluence of the Minnesota and Mississippi River. And we run 92 miles relay style all night to Mankato, Minnesota, to the hanging site. And in conjunction with that, there's a horseback ride that happens. It's a 300-mile horseback ride that leaves from the Missouri and um, the Missouri River and runs rides to Mankato. And those are the in memory, not only of the men that were hung, but also of the hundreds and hundreds of families who were forcibly relocated out to South Dakota and, and removed from Minnesota. And so we do this memorial run and ride every year. I think this might be the last year for the ride, but the run still goes. And my family's participated in it since I was a kid. I haven't been able to go for the past two years, but um, it's a pretty powerful thing that a lot of folks don't know about why we do this run and the history of it to honor those relatives who died. Um, and it's a history that sadly, a lot of folks don't know, even and especially in Minnesota. I think that, that's what I'm saying is Minnesota, we're trying to do better to educate folks on it. But so we just keep continue to talk about it. So that, well, that, I, put that in, yeah, put that in your timeline, Charlie, of uh, your comedy book of all the funny uh, tidbits of history of the Midwest. Put that in see, your book. See, you're you're hitting on it right there. Yeah, go go ahead and make that funny, funny boy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm I'm I am glad you brought that up. And your your family, you come from. Um, your uh, dad is obviously a very famous um, activist. What was it like um, 
And your your mom uh, as well. What what was it like growing up in a family like that? And how did that influence yeah. you? My dad is Navajo. Um, my mom is Dakota German, and uh, we're part Ho Chunk. My family, my Ho Chunk side, they're from Black River Falls. Um, oh, I don't sure. Much, I don't know much on that side, but that's okay. Want to um, recognize that? My German side, actually, I just started learning this. Uh, my sister did the ancestry thing. What is it? Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Um, and so I was like, you know, I'm never going to do that. I'm not going to give them my DNA. I won't do that. My sister did it. I'm like, okay, I'll use your information. information. <laughs> yeah. That was my, that's how I skirted around the moral issue of giving up my DNA. So I, I let my sister do it. But um, we never knew our German side. My my mom's dad um, really didn't know it, but they came, they were actually German immigrants um, back in mid uh, 1830s into Wisconsin. And they came in to do for the lumber industry. And then they migrated over the, over the river and came into Minnesota. So my German side comes, they originally came into Wisconsin and then came over to Minnesota. Um, my mom is hilarious. And that's, I think where I get a lot of my comedy and my like humor, my lightheartedness to it. And, um, and my dad, like, that's where I get my organizing side, like my world perspective. And I get really um, ingrounded. Like I really find a lot of direction from both of them. They, they, they separated when I was young. My dad lived in Minneapolis. So I used to go to Minneapolis and he moved to Bemidji and ended up going to Bemidji a lot. And um, you know, my mom has always been, I don't know, like, to be honest, like, I don't know how she's made it this far. And she says that too. She's like, she's been through a lot of shit. A lot yeah. of difficult history. She was in a book. She wrote a book about her, her, a lot of the trauma she experienced when she was younger. And, but she's like, you know, she lives by the mantra, don't sweat the small stuff. She has these little sayings that I still continue to this day. I have. And she really is like, hey, don't let, like, just keep going. Just keep going and make, make light of the situation. It's the best we can do. And uh, it really, I really, take that to heart um so i love my mom she's just hilarious i actually want to do a little podcast a series of like i want to interview her and talk with her that's one of my, my dream projects over the next few years is do something with my mom that would be that would be super cool um like a sort of a mini series podcast type thing yeah 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 oh, that's she's, uh, yeah she's she has a great perspective on a lot of stuff what um what did they think about you when you, you and your brother, when you guys started doing comedy, you know? Oh, uh, they were always, always have been supportive, like a hundred percent, but just like, oh, you boys, you boys, you guys are just, you're just off, you know, your boys <laughs> are just crazy. Um, they a hundred percent, a hundred percent supportive. Like for the first shows that we started doing, they were the ones that we used to always come out. Uh, it was actually so I told you about the show. One of our worst shows was my own home community. And it's because they didn't advertise it. No one knew about it. Um, there was 15 people showed up. And 10 of them weren't even from my community. There were a bunch of interns who were visiting from a program out of the cities who happened to be there. And they're yeah. like, oh, let's check this out. So like uh -huh. 10 of them weren't even from my community, weren't even from there. And then the other ones were happened to be walking by. and. Um, my buddy who I did the show with, uh, Bobby, he 
the point that he always loves to really uh, jab at is that my mom showed up, but she didn't even come into the show. She stood on the outside and was smoking a cigarette the entire time, looking <laughs> through the window. So she was just like looking out the window, just smoking cigarettes and visiting with people. So she didn't even see the show. And she came in and she was like, oh, you guys did such a good job. And I was like, mom, you weren't even inside the building. Like <laughs> you could at least be in the, in the room. Give me, help me out, mom. <laughs> I needed to laugh, mom. Um, but yeah, I forgot where else where where the, the, that came from. But um, yeah. <laughs> but as far as support, so where where would yeah. you put that on the support level? You know, like at least she showed up, right? Like, yeah, hey, right. Hey, I got to give her that. She showed up. Right. She's there. Uh, that's hilarious. it's funny because you know at heart, uh, you know, you got. Um, I, I'm sorry, you said that your mom moved to... Yeah, my dad was in Minneapolis. He moved to Bemidji. He's been in Bemidji for like 20 years now. And my mom has been living in Southwest Minnesota for, for a, a okay. long while. She, we lived in South Dakota for a bit, and then we moved home. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. I got just other note. The, the interview you did with your sisters was amazing. I'm looking <laughs> forward to part two. Yeah, it was hilarious. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I got... Uh... I got four, uh, four more sisters ready to rock on that. You know how many? Like I just laughed. How many times they shot you down or like, <laughs> cut you short, and you can't say nothing. I get I it. That was you couldn't say anything. You're trying to. You were trying to be professional and herd cats. And <laughs> I know. You can only go so far, dude. My mom, after listening to that, she was she was so pissed off. Did she actually sis- listen to it? I know you guys are. She listened to it. She listened to it, and she was mad about my sister saying backseat bingo and all this and that. And she was mad. She was mad for a day, and then, um, and then, like, I the next maybe two days later, she sent a text. She goes, "Okay, I listened again. It was kind of funny." And I was like, "I'm gonna frame that text message and put it on the thing." You got it right. There's that fear, right? There's that. Yeah, a generational fear of airing out the dirty laundry. I know, I know. Yeah, I was actually going to say that about your folks. Like, like they're they're still Midwest parents at heart. You know, yeah. they'll 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 show their approval in certain ways, but stop short of you know maybe the full approval thing. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. They'd be like, oh, that was good. That was cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, I'll take that. I'll take that as a W. <laughs> folks, Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and. I got a few ways to tell your special someone you love them. Send them a nice old case of Jolly Good. That's right. Well, you know, if you see them in person, you can give it to them in person, too. It's Jolly Good Soda. The soda is the pride of Wisconsin, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It is sweet, just like your sweetheart. And, oh, my gosh, do you like what I did there, Colleen? Sweet like your sweetheart? Pretty good, huh? Brilliant. And another way to show them you love them is just make them an old-fashioned with that Jolly Good Sour Power. Super slick. Mmm, tastes so good. Make it a jolly good and have a romantic evening afterwards. Oh, wow. Wasn't that nice? <laughs> okay. Also, folks, another way to show people you love them, give them some Duluth Trading Company. They'll know that you love them because you're going to be so gosh darn warm during these this crazy Midwest winter that we've had. It's always a crazy Midwest winter, but this will keep them warm and they'll be like, why am I so warm? Oh yeah. Cause someone loved me and they got me Duluth trading <laughs> company. You can find it at DuluthTrading.com. And finally folks, 
Perhaps the best way to show somebody that you love them is to go to mantalkmint.com or cripescast.com, click on the merch section, and holy smokes, look at all this stuff. You got a tell your folks I says hi shirt. You know, uh, that's one way to say I love you. Tell your folks I says hi. Watch out for deer is the classic way. And then also there's a lot of red stuff there that says, like, keep her moving. And uh, Kelly, why are you laughing? Am I bad at... You just always go red stuff. Like, it's like have some conviction with it. Have some passion. Okay, why don't you do it? I thought of, like, a... This is this will probably get cut. I thought of another thing you could... <laughs> I was like, you could play strip cringe. <laughs> That's a great one. Or play yeah. strip euchre. <laughs> yeah, you know. We got cards and we got a cribbage board if you want to get brown, chicha, brown, brown. <laughs> crazy over Valentine's Day. Get crazy with <laughs> your crazy with your ladies or fellas or, or whatever. Whoever. <laughs> whoever. No judgment. Whatever it is. I don't care. But get crazy. Play strip cribbage. There you go. Okay, so yeah. <laughs> Another way to support the podcast is if you go to patreon.com slash Charlie Barons and you can get exclusive content. Last week, our intro, kind of like this week, went a little long. So we have the extended intro there if you want to hear about Charlie's vacation to the Bahamas. He goes in depth about all the stuff that he did. I talk about Mexico. We also have fan Q&As pretty regularly and just exclusive content that you wouldn't get anywhere else. So head to patreon.com slash Charlie Barons and check it out. All right, folks, let's get back to my conversation with Dallas Goldtooth. How did your commencement speech go on your feeling? How do you feel like you did on the commencement speech? Because I remember you listened to that and I saw the video. I actually watched some of the video. Dude, thank you very much. I really appreciate you uh, uh, checking that out. I thought it went um, as, as really good. I mean, I was concerned about for like, uh, I would say two months. I was trying to figure out how to write it and do it. And I was, I was pretty happy with it, you know? Um, and, uh, you know, I think obviously you have one take at this, right? So yeah, like if you, you know, I flubbed a couple of the jokes or whatever, but you just roll with it. And honestly, it was, I was super honored to do it. I was surprised they asked me, um, but excited that they did. And I didn't want to, um, kind of half-ass it or whatever so yeah i i felt i felt pretty good about it yeah you you must have done one of them at some point i i've done a i've done two for like uh community colleges and i got asked yeah. i i got asked to do one this coming year for another community college uh this this uh summer spring whenever um um and one of them i did serious and the other one i did comedic the, uh -huh. the comedic one is the better way it's a better route yeah to go. Like the serious yeah. one, everyone's like, we didn't pay you to come here to be serious. We came here. We need people to, right? We but you got paid? Years. Yeah, I got paid. And it wasn't a lot, but I got paid. Yeah, I got yeah, paid yeah. in a mug and a, and a blanket. That's what I got. Yeah. Nice kid. <laughs> Remember the mug. Um, it's it's it was, tough, is, is your uh, Actually, one of your jokes got me was when you said like something about like, oh, he's doing the commencement. Oh, it's the winter commencement. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Because literally, that was my reaction. I saw the video. I was like, oh, he's doing the winter commencement. Uh, yeah. Okay. Got it. <laughs> At first, I was okay. like, he shouldn't be doing that. Oh, the winter one? Okay. That makes okay. sense. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. All, right. Cool, cool. All right. Cool. Cool. We're not going to get mad. All right. <laughs> it's, it's tough, though, that you've done two of them. Because I did kind of a speech for the journalism school a couple of years ago. And, you know, mm -hmm. I, you kind of use up your commencement material. You know, you yeah, got your right. opening five minutes, which is all jokes about like kind of the time we're in and the school and this and that but man 
You know, you can really burn up your best material if you keep doing these at the rate yeah. you're doing them. Three, geez, Louise. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first one, I didn't write anything down. I didn't prepare. I just, I just went up there and winged it, and uh, it didn't do too well. But it was all right. People came <laughs> shook my hand. Right. They I was gonna, your hand, I, Yeah, I was going to ask you. This is a, a a comedy question for your your stand up, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Do you write out? Um, like how do you in your writing process do you write out the complete full full set or do you bullet point and like yeah and then go off the bullets like how so, do you, what's your process? My process um, is and since you already do a lot of improv, this probably will work out good for you. Um, I would uh, write out sort of your your launching point with your first joke. You get the topic and your joke right out, out the way. Maybe you have one or two killer punchlines within the story. Um, and then kind of allow yourself to dig a hole on stage because once you're in a hole on stage, your brain is in this um, fight mode. You can't mm -hmm. fly. You can't mm -hmm. just, I mean, I suppose you could bail out of the bit, but usually you're going to get this kick of adrenaline in your brain. And then you're going to find it's not even, I don't even feel like I write the joke at that point, but like, uh, something's happening and if you record these too and that's how you can kind of write on stage just give yourself a good out like so yeah, yeah. just give yourself a good intro good punchline good out punchline and then in the middle you can really expand it and find mm -hmm. it on stage and now for your 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 hot five you know your, you you kind of want that one to be pretty tight and like yeah. sort of get the mechanics and the feel of that down but, you know, you have so much experience that I guarantee you once you get up there and, like, do that five, you're going to have 10 within, like, two two sets, you know, and then 15, 20. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the other way to do it for the five, the hot five, is to just – and this is the way I did it when I first did is I wrote it out. I knew all the jokes and everything. My problem was memorizing. And mm -hmm. so I was in Los Angeles at this point and I was in traffic all the time. And what really clicked with me stand-up wise was when I was just doing it over and over in traffic instead of listening to the radio or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then I had it internalized. So then I could be present on stage yeah. and sort of, cause the words are one thing, but how you deliver them yeah. and the nuance and all that. So, you know, do you have five, uh, your, that five minutes you wrote? Do you have that kind of ingrained in your brain or is it still sort of a, a, in flux? I did. I let it, I, I look back at it and I want to just, I want to, I want to, um, um, trash it and just start from, start from scratch. Cause it wasn't as strong. It wasn't as strong as a five as I felt comfortable with. And mm -hmm. I, I like, I, and I told what you're saying does speak to me. Like, right. You have your intro, you set your, you set the premise. You get some. You get uh, establish a couple of jokes to get the ball moving, and mm -hmm. then you set your goal. Like I, that's how we did our, all of our sketch writing. Is like we have the end goal in mind. Let's work to the end goal. Let's let's make that. Let's fucking make that the best firework show. Get towards that. Yeah. Um, and so it makes sense. Like that's how we did a lot of our sketch shows. Is actually we would come up with the premise and out, and then we took a couple a couple shows just to work it out, improv the in between stuff to find what lands. And then keep and whatever sticks, you keep it in, right? And whatever doesn't, yeah. you, you you toss that out and you try to throw some, put something else in there. Um, no, I appreciate that. That I I uh, I I haven't been on reservation dogs. So the first seat we're in, we're we're going to be going into produce. We're going to start filming third season three this spring. 
Um, I came on as a writer for season two. So season one, I was just an actor. And so season two, I was a, I wrote for this show as well as acting. So I got to write for myself. Actually, most of my spirit parts, I my brother Migazid writes, my stepbrother. Because oh. I get so I get so nervous writing for myself sometimes, my character that and he knows who I like, he knows me, we know each other. So he writes for me sometimes. A lot mm-hmm. of it's by him. Um and I'm getting so much experience there, right? In the writer's room and to be in the industry. I've been really lucky because of the pandemic. We, everything's been remote. So I haven't had to move to LA. I don't want to move to LA. Uh-huh. I want to try to stay as close to home as possible. So, so far, so good where I've been getting these writing gigs where I can just be remote. Um, and I think that I, hopefully that translates better to when I get back into live performances, like my writing ability is getting stronger. So and I think what you said is is absolutely essential. Like the words are one thing, but how you perform it, that's where the comedy lives is in the performance. I really feel like. Yeah. And and it's like um, if, uh, you know, you could have a good joke, but it's falling flat. And then I think you asked the question, am I adding the right emotion to it? Like, mm-hmm. how do I feel about it? And because the more you feel about it, the more you raise the stakes, the more the audience is with you. You know, small thing made big, all that sort of stuff. But you know, I honestly, my my brother, even in Milwaukee, my brother puts on these great um, shows. And um, if you want, I, if you want to even get, you know, come up and do five minutes on that, like in the next month or two, man, come on up and do it. You know, Hell yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah, dude. Um, and uh, and also, I, I'm going to be doing some shows. The other thing we should do is I should come down there and we should if you're down we should do a sketch of some sort dude you i know? would love to do a sketch with you I would let's do it I'll get that native representation in your sketch brother <laughs> i i would i would ask yeah right yeah you know, I, but I, I would I, love it i would love it my um i would love like no i would love that it'd be great yes that's a yes it's a strong yes um and um i was thinking of you know what would be is always great as I always see it for you. So this is a, actually this is a pitch for you. I know I think somebody yeah. I looked into it, but um, what was the movie? Grumpy Old Men. Remember Grumpy yeah. Old Men? Like yeah. I want to see a redo of Grumpy Old Men, but with like today's generation and how different that may be or not. Right? It, it was such you a great ice fish. Huh? I I haven't ice fished in like years, years. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. I gotta get back out into the ice. I mean, I think that that's a big part of grumpy old men. So I feel like uh, that's a good excuse. You know what, dude? I've got this uh, 1980 um, Yamaha snowmobile. Okay, I just need to fix the carburetor. I'm blowing out. I'm waiting on my carb rebuild kit coming in. Uh It needs a couple gaskets. But anyway, point is, this sucker's going to be done. Hold on. You were talking about, when did you do the interview with your sisters? How long ago was that? I don't want to talk about because that was a month and a half ago. I know. And okay, so I took the carburetor off. Okay. And I, I, uh, I cleaned it out and everything. And then I, and it's still not working. So, yeah, and then yeah, I yeah. pull and what, so I need a new, um, gasket and I need a new diaphragm. It's supply chain stuff, dude. Don't get on me like okay. my sisters. All right. You know, all right. All right. it's the Chinese. I mean, I get it. I know what you're saying. <laughs> it's fine. Fine. It's supply. T- I've been waiting on this rebuild kit to come in. Should be in this week, though. Okay. But, um, but no, that, that would be fun, man. Um, we could do that, uh, like, a 
well, let, let's start off with a, like a sketch and let's, I like this grumpy old men reboot yeah. thing. Cause yeah, I've been, I've been thinking about that. I was even watching that, but I was like, that this is perfect. And, um, and no, it hasn't been done since then. And Hollywood loves its reboots, you know? Yeah. So let's just give them what they want, you know? My favorite line from that movie is he's laid, I've laid more pipe than Wabashaw plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> As he grabs his arm. Yeah, he grabs his arm, old man. Need <laughs> more pipe than Wabashaw plumbing. <laughs> uh, what What do you think if we did uh, a sketch? What What do you think uh, would be fun? You got any ideas? No, I, I I'll think on it. I, I'll definitely think on it because I think there's a lot of room there. Um, I because I've traveled so much, I've worked myself like I code switch all the time. So my I got this standard like ambiguous accent right minnesota whatever but when i go home it, it kicks up and i love i love accents i actually love minnesota accents especially native accents especially up north it's yeah. really, really strong um i was asking you about that about how your accent shifts a lot at times which depends, yeah. it depends on who you're with right accent gets stronger sometimes it doesn't and also there's the character part of it too yeah. um and uh i like to play with that you know like just the because folks don't aren't used to the accents, especially the native accents up north. I don't even think Midwesterners are used to it sometimes. Well, it's it's, it's a it's a little different, uh, um, but, it, but it's it's there's a lot of similarities too. And I mean, yeah. a lot of a lot of it is inspired by um, by that accent. I think yeah. we're taken from that. You know, there's um, also a lot of cursing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. Well, that that is uh, pretty prevalent in uh, my entire family, and yeah. uh, I, I think that's why my mom was upset that I was on the podcast in such uh, great form. She's mad at my sister for saying asshole. I was like, "Well, dad, dad says a lot worse every single day." That day so. I, I had to explain to some folks from California the difference between "yeah, no" and "no, yeah." This <laughs> is like, perfect. Yeah, no. And they're like, what do you mean? I don't know what you're trying to say. Is it yes or no? I'm like, no, well, well, yeah, no. I mean, well, no, yeah. It's yeah, no, yeah. yeah. It's 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 it is we can do that. Yeah. Yeah. That could be a good bet. You yeah. Know? No, um, yeah, yeah, no. No, no yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Let's let's brainstorm it because I'll be down to, to do something. Um and yeah, like it's it's I I love I love being from the Midwest. I love from being in Dakota territories and Ho-Chunk territories. Like that's first and foremost, whenever I acknowledge, I'm like, Hey, I'm in my own home community. Like this is my, the land. Like right now in Chicago, I live on Anishinaabe territories. This is where Menominee, Potawatomi, um, Sac and Fox folks, all this is the original territory. But when I go home, I'm like, I, I relish and enjoy and just so feel so good that I'm in the homelands of my people that we've been here since time immemorial. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a power to that. I, that I enjoy of just like, I'm, I'm here, even though we, we, we weren't supposed to be here. We're not supposed to be here in many ways, uh, but we are still doing what we're doing. And uh, so I, I like just doing anything that's regional speaks to us. It's great. It's great stuff. I love that. I love that. And and by the way, I as we were talking, um, I um, it, uh, I forget what I say about the um, uh, what I called um, I, the tribe up by Superior Bad River Band um, is the uh, name of it. I was thinking that as we were talking, I'm like, Bad if River. I uh, 
Yeah. Do you, do you, have you been up there? Have you been up yeah, to Bayfield? I've been to Bad River, Red Cliff, been up there. Beautiful spot on the, the lake. Beautiful up that way. Um, it, it's, yeah, it's incredible. Um, did you, have you done those, those, um, caves, those sea no. caves? Have you done them? No. Oh my God, dude. So beautiful up there. You, you take a kayak or whatever, and then you got to make sure the waves are, aren't too bad. Cause then you'll, you'll get crashed right into the side of the thing. Yeah. But oh my God, it's beautiful up there. Yeah. I've always um, wanted to go up that way. Um, I also heard in the winter it's nice because you can actually go on. You can actually walk. walk out there. You know, I, I, you know what I love about winter, and I don't know if you do this. I don't know if other people do this. This is the one thing I'm testing for. As a guy in the winter in the Midwest, there's a certain amount of joy I find peeing outside. Oh like, my god! Yeah. There's a like, and my mom used to get mad at me because I, there was a bathroom. We have a working bathroom, but I'm like, no, I want to go pee outside because it's winter and it's nice and it's night out and it's cold. I don't know if there's like some primeval joy something in there from my from our hunter gatherer days of like back back long time ago that's sticking around but i don't know do you find joy in that because i do dude i love mountains and snow i yes. love it and then you can make a little design in yep. the snow as you melt it now the gals listening to this are a little jealous right now because yeah, yeah. they can't make designs like we can and it's not as pleasant for them i would imagine but i don't know because I've never done it that way, but, <laughs> but yeah, to answer your question. Yes. Is this a sketch pitch or is this just a, a no, little, I'm just, model? I'm just, it just popped into my head. Like I'm just like the, cause I'm looking outside and I'm like, Oh, I'd like to go pee outside sometime today. That's, that's the joys of uh winter break. Right. It's like such things come into your mind. You're like, Oh, I'm going to take that, that moment of joy. Um, as you were saying that made me think of something I, I was thinking of doing a um max garson uh my my producer very talented dude uh, he wanted to do um a short film and uh this winter uh and we thought about last year really because we were on lake winnebago you ever been up to lake winnebago no no haven't. no it's the largest uh england freshwater lake i think um next the Big, uh, I mean, champagne, champagne, whatever. Uh, down in Illinois, might be as big or whatever. Long story is that, short, is that uh, Oshkosh? Oshkosh on the on Oshkosh, the lake? Fond du Lac. Um, yeah, yeah uh, never been. Yeah. Never been. Well, we were uh, another way we could potentially collaborate is we were thinking of doing this um, short film called Winnebago, and um, it's about an ice fisher on Lake Winnebago, and it's kind of. It's not even fully um, like it's comedic, you know, mm -hmm. but it's going to be very grounded and very real. And uh, maybe we maybe we talk about that, too. And maybe we oh, yeah. collab on that in some way. Do you, um, do you do you do you have you done like dramatic roles? Have you done any like non-comedy roles? I've done one. How do you feel? Well, I, I mean, the thing with comedy is I I think it's easier in some ways harder in some other ways but it, this would be comedic to yeah, a degree yeah. you know i mean no, yeah I, I i i guess i my mind has moved on like i i really like i i would love to do talk about it and you hit me up about what what you would see for me in that role but then also i'm like i've thought about as an actor like i do i'm intrigued with taking dramatic roles right um but 
I feel like I, I've obviously comedy is my mainstay. And if you get, if there's comedy elements, I would love that. But then the people have asked me like, would you do a straight drama role? And I'm like, Ooh, fuck, I don't know, man. Like, could I do that? Then maybe it's more of a question of, could I do that? Could I, Oh, do you that? could do it. Yeah. You know, you could, how do about it. You? could you do it? Do you think you could do a full dramatic role? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I could do it good, but I could do it. Yeah. But I honestly, I think if you can do comedy and you can do comedy well, you can um, do uh, drama well too, because it's just the flip side of that uh, emotional perspective. And a lot of times and you do small thing made big in comedy where you're like, being emotional over something that's not um a big deal like we did this yeah. one video called missing lambo where we were just uh, i found a tear i shed a tear during it i was able to do that on the you spot. tapped into that part that the essence yeah i i tapped into you know, you know some some little sad part inside of me it's there i'd have to work at it uh you know a bit i don't want to think i can just waltz in there and do a great uh dramatic performance but we'll get there you know um with that, well, you know, with, with you saying that, um, your boys, how are you guys doing? Playoffs could, could, could. I mean, I'm speaking from I'm, a high mountain. I'm speaking from a tall mountain. Oh, over here. don't get right comfortable the up there, pal. I'm, I'm casting my gaze down right now, don't saying, get, how are you guys doing down there? Listen, uh, we're doing great. I want to say this, and I'm feeling more confident about the Packers chances right now than the Vikings chances and I'll say this you guys have had you guys have been the Packers the Packers the past two three years is the Vikings this year do you know how close you guys are to a <laughs> six and ten season Jeez, Louise you do not you do not um hey. deserve also you guys play in a dome you know oh come on. okay all right all right all right uh, keep your have Lambo you, like I I get it yeah I get are you it. gonna I understand it you're but, gonna go to the game. You're gonna go to the uh, biggest man. game of the year. Woo! I wish I could go, man. It's gonna be a good game. What I'm. Game? I'm gonna be nervous because I'm. I'm gonna be honest. Our Vikings, I think, have collectively probably have caused a tremendous amount of heart attacks in Minnesota this year. <laughs> yeah, I like I think across across <laughs> the spectrum of Minnesota, the life expectancy has been <laughs> by at least ten years this year. Yeah. Every yep. damn game mm -hmm. has been like, an, it's been great football, but so nerve wracking to watch. You know, I was listening to some commentator on something saying uh, they were talking about Minnesota being a good or bad team this year. And the, the, the one dude was taking the thing I just said of that. They've had so many close games. It's not going to happen. But the, the other guy was like, you know, there's just some magic in it this year. There's some magic, you know. So yeah. sounds sounds like some a Vikings fan would say, but yeah. um, I mean, hey, we're yeah. we're used to it. I'm not. I'm. I'll be honest. I'm not expecting to get to the <laughs> final game. I'm not. Like, we've been here. We've been here. Like I think all of us remember, like the the playoff game, NFC Championship game with the Atlanta Falcons. We all. It's all. It's ingrained in our hearts about the loss that year, in 1998 <laughs> NFC Championship. Which there. So we. We're just mm -hmm. we're just happy to be here, guys. We're just happy or, to be here. And as long as when we you, can look down, mm -hmm. down that mountain at the yeah. the Packers, we're, we're good. You know what? It just embrace it, take it in. Okay, 
Take it. Take this moment in. We do not know when it will come back. It was like in 1996, I remember, when the Packers were going to the Super Bowl. My dad, I remember he looked at me and my brothers. He said, all right, it was going into the Super Bowl. He's like, you guys enjoy this and watch the whole game because this will never happen again in your lifetimes. That's what he said to us. <laughs> uh, it was hilarious. That's a guy who lived through the, the 80s and the uh, 70s Packers, you know? Yeah, yeah. So um, so I, I am excited for the game. I'm a bit nervous because uh, Rodgers is one of those people that you don't want, no matter where, how good or bad he's playing, no matter where he's at, if you if you're down by one point and he got the ball two minutes left, that's that's a dangerous situation. Um, yeah, and Vikings have put him in that spot. I, I went to school with Aaron Rodgers. That's I'm gonna give me points for your podcast. Wow, wow! You wait till the end to start flexing, yeah. and he was there at that time. He was there. He played for the you know, California Bears. It was him. Uh, his running back was Marshawn Lynch, and I was in a class with Rodgers uh, in Lynch. There was a uh, Pacific Islander history class, and all the Pacific Islanders on the front line, the OL, um, yeah. took that class, and they got all the other buddies to take their class because the special class for the athletes, and I jumped in on that. Um, so I was in a class with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Marshawn Lynch. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Were they good at school? Um, yeah. Aaron Rodgers was very eloquent. He was actually pretty like, – he was really participating in, in the conversation. That's, I remember that. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. End of the end of the ep- later on, end of the episode bonus points. I'm putting yeah, out. that is that for those of you who stayed and listened this long, you know. By the way, we I'm so over your time. I apologize, but you know I, what? Uh, let's um, I'm gonna start coming up with some ideas, and you know, we'll head down to Chicago and shoot some, get some yeah, off the, get some momentum going. Awesome, hey Charlie, this has been a blessing. Um, and uh, actually, for weird, like I, 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 um. I feel a little self I did message like last night. I was, I was up late and it was like one in the morning. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to message Colleen on an email. And I yeah. said, to her, hey, I'm really excited for the show. I, I'm looking forward to it. I actually had a little list of things I wanted to talk about. Oh, uh, shit. And, I didn't see that. And I actually talked about them all. Like I, I presented. Oh, good. Good. Um, good. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. Um, I think that. Um, yeah, I was able to plug them all in. Like those are the questions I came up with, but are things I wanted to talk about. And uh, yeah, I, I, long story short, I was like, oh, I was wondering if I was going to meet Colleen because I've heard her on the podcast. Oh yeah, and another time, another time. Okay, she's please. over there. She's not. She's listening. I'm on right, right now. Hey, <laughs> there she Howdy. is. <laughs> There's Howdy the how? voice. Yeah, there I am. I'm not oh, going to turn man. on the camera because yeah, I'm working don't... from home. So we don't need to see that. <laughs> well, I, I don't want you to turn on the camera. It's okay. All right. <laughs> hey, uh, um, I appreciate you both. Y'all have dude, a good day. Appreciate right? you, man. This was so awesome. Thank you. And that is it for this week's episode of the Cripes Cast. Huge thanks. Huge thanks to Dallas for coming on. Um, make sure you follow him on the Instagrams and social medias at Dallas Goldtooth. And uh, make sure you check out, of course, Reservation Dogs. Yeah, we'll give you guys Charlie's login for Hulu soon, too. I'll, I'll send that out. <laughs> put that <laughs> we'll, in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes if you guys want to watch it. Um, oh, that's hilarious. That'd be super fun. Thanks yeah. <laughs> for that, Colleen. As long as you trade something. Yeah, so, it's got to be a one for one. Yeah, this, I, reach I can't out, just DM be... us or something, and let us know what you're willing to trade, and we can 
We can link it up. All right. That sounds good. <laughs> and also make sure you follow Cast at Cast on all social media platforms. And in addition to that, patreon.com slash Charlie Barons. Thank you all for listening. Everybody keep her moving. And also a huge thanks to Kali Maraca and Hannah Milos for uh, making the Cast possible. Uh, thank you both. And everybody keep her moving and watch for deer. Okay, bye-bye. So roll out the barrel and get the band brewing. Life's got you down, just keep her moving. It's on Wisconsin, the Badgers say it's the old Wisconsin Jubilee. You know, sometimes when you're ice fishing, you put your foot in the walleye hole and go ass over tea kettle and you think you're done. No, you got to keep her moving. 